the Adonis Audio Experience. As we enter a very polarizing time in our nation's history, we are now at the celebration or the official celebration of the freed man. And that is, of course, the Emancipation Proclamation finally taking shape in the state of Texas two and a half years later after the original Emancipation Proclamation was signed by President Abraham Lincoln on January 1st, 1863. As the president holds his rallies in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I do want to shed some light as to why performing this act on Juneteenth or the weekend of can be viewed as controversial. Let's start with the African-American experience during the Emancipation Proclamation. We chronicle a timeline where in 1865, Texas was the final Confederate state that freed slaves. Led by officer Gordon Granger of the Union Army, led thousands of troops into Galveston, Texas and freed African-American slaves which came to be known now as Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865. From that point, African-Americans left Texas to pursue freedom in northern states and some stayed in the South to join family in Louisiana, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Tosa, Oklahoma plays a pivotal part in American history when you take into consideration the Tulsa Race Massacre in 1921. And that was when Black Wall Street, the wealthiest 1% of African Americans, were attacked by a mob of white Americans which ended in destruction of African-American businesses and the death of many people with over 10,000 black people left homeless and over $2 million in real estate property that was damaged and in today's value, that would be roughly about $38 million dollars. In 1996, the state legislator authorized the Oklahoma Commission to study the Tulsa race riot in 1921. Here's where they interviewed survivors, investigated the events, and in turn came the 2001 Commission Report 
which states that the city mob of white protesters and looters and the city itself conspired against African Americans and black business owners. In closing, we should look at the timeline of the African American experience since 1865. The official quote unquote Emancipation Proclamation, which freed the slaves across all Confederate states. Then, black codes were created, which disenfranchised African Americans and took away their right to move or vote. And, while that was happening, the KKK was formed, which is an organization that was created to suppress African Americans and strike fear into the heart of their communities. In 1921, you had the Tulsa Massacre. In 1955, you had Emmett Till being lynched. In 1965, you had the Civil Rights Movement. In 1992, you had the Rodney King video and the Watson Riots. In 1994, you had the Crime Bill, which disproportionately locked up African Americans compared to any other race. In 1999, Amadou Diallo gets shot and killed by New York City police officers, and he was only 23. In 2003, you had the stop and frisk laws in New York, which disproportionately stopped and frisked at boot force African Americans and brown people. In 2012, Trayvon Martin. 2020, George Floyd. And that is just a short window in the 400 year history of oppression and what we've had to endure. When will enough be enough? This is just some context I wanted to share before we get into the episode and talk about some lighter stuff. So, without further ado, here you go. episode with Jose Manuel on WFAN. Check it out. The Moose and today we we have Jose from Ridgefield who has stepped into the Coliseum. Jose, how are you, sir? Jose. I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Jose. Jose, are you known amongst your friends to be really good at the game? Where do you go to college? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I, uh, we, we all we all like to do a lot of trivia. Okay. There you go. Very, Very good. Nice. Now, 
just to keep because we have to be on the honor system here, Jose, just as the last two Mikes, uh, Mike from Long Branch yesterday who beat Moose, Mike from Staten Island the day before who was very worthy competitor but uh, fell just short. We got to keep it really, really short on your answers because they are so easy to look up. So are you okay with us giving you about three or four seconds for each answer? Yeah, I, yeah, I got you. Okay. Okay. All Jose's right, Jose. like, get to it, Baggy. Enough chit chat. Yeah, good luck. Enough talking. Let's <laughs> good go. luck to you, Jose. Let's hit the Syracuse fight song. Make most feel nice and comfortable. Jose, here you go. You get 10 of them. Your first athlete, Vernon Davis. Where did he go to college? He went to Maryland. You're right about that. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford went to Washington. Incorrect. Jamal Crawford went to Michigan. Ooh. Where did Brent Selleck go? Cincinnati. You are absolutely right. Where did Jonathan Stewart go to college? Oregon. Correct. Catino Mobley. Houston? Went to the University of Rhode Island. Okay. Jeff Samarja. Notre Dame. You are correct, sir. Jason Collins. Stanford. Absolutely right. This guy's on fire. Tony Allen. Oh, God. Memphis? to Oklahoma State. State. Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson went to Tennessee. You are right. And finally, Ryan Archidiakono. Villanova. You are right. Let's count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of ten. Jose, I really up Jamal Crawford. Jose is not messing around. Man, Jose, that was some trivia, man. I can't believe you made it on WFAN on the Maggie Gray Show. Man, Jose, tell us about that experience. Yeah, so I was home working, and I always have the I always have the the fan on on the app. I listen to it on my phone, and my friend actually called me. He's like, "Yo, they do this little trivia thing," and they all know that. You know, I'm pretty good at trivia. Like, you know, I won the Super Bowl tickets in the past. So, you know, I actually called up the day before and like they give you they give you like a little test before you get on the air. And that and that test, they like they ask you harder players and they're gonna ask you when you get on on the radio. And and on Wednesday, I didn't really meet the meet the expectations which I, which I thought was kind of funny he asked me a couple of older players that i just didn't even see play because you know i'm yeah. still a young guy yeah so on thursday i went back and you know i tried to get on and and i got through and it was it was a lot of fun you know i uh i got seven out of ten you know he uh he got me with a couple of with a couple of tougher basketball ones but we we had fun with the trivia yeah it was you know basically it was just a game that they name uh basketball and football players they just name him and they name the player and you simply just got to name where he went to college. And, yeah. Uh, so it was, and uh, and it's you versus the radio host, you know, and uh, I got, I got seven and the radio host got five. So, you know, I don't know if they're going to keep doing these contests, if they're going to keep, or what's really going to come from it. But it was, it was just cool to just, you know, I love trivia. I love sports. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Dude, man, you were an absolute assassin in there, man. That was pretty awesome. 
So as we get into the weekend, obviously yesterday uh, we had June 19th, uh, which is Juneteenth. And, you know, a lot of people are are just realizing kind of like what this is all about. And um, what's interesting is that I'm fortunate uh, to have been able to be around the culture and understand somewhat of Juneteenth and uh, the liberation of um, of slaves uh in Texas, I mean that that was the, the one of the last states in the in the Southern uh, Confederacy where they um, waited two and a half years before uh, Gordon Granger uh, from the Union Army came down and said, "All right, you know where we we gotta uh, you know uh, come through with this uh, uh, with the." Uh, what is that? The Emancipation Pro- Proclamation. Proclamation. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was about two years before. Yeah. And and we have to like we got to follow through with the rules. Right. But, you know, um, a lot of people is brand new to them, though, that I'm starting to see. And I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen this, Jose, but is the climate out there where people just really were oblivious to this? Yeah, they were. I mean, this is basically this is very much like an ignored holiday and ignored day in history. It should be a, a recognized, you know, recognized holiday. It, it was it's just something that we never you know, now in the climate that we're in, we're we're just getting a lot more you know, yeah, I, I it, say, it, you know, open-minded. It's getting forward, a lot more you know? polarizing where, you know, everyone's yeah. got to go from one extreme to the next. Um, we're looking at, we're seeing that with the statues where, you know, they want all the statues taken down of some of these Confederate leaders. And I don't know what you feel about that, but one thing I will say is that, hey, listen, let's put it into perspective for just one second. Um, the Civil War wasn't a war that was based on this fact that we wanted to free slaves, okay? The Civil War was based on power control, taxation, land use, a lot of factors in between. And, you know, what people need to understand is that the Union states, um, they had border states to, to these Confederate states that had slaves. And if you were part of the Union, you didn't have to free your slaves, you know, and a lot of people lose complete sight of that. And and I want to put into perspective because, you know, these statues are not necessarily just uh, representing Confederates, but they also shared similar values and beliefs to the people in the Union states that were able to keep and maintain their slaves. And, you know, there's still statues up of them. So what's going to happen? You're going to take down union state leaders that own slaves. Are you going to take down George Washington as well? Because George Washington owned slaves almost, you know, uh, I mean, you look at these uh, founding fathers of ours, most of them own slaves. So are you going to take down every statue that we have? Is that the goal? And if that is, then, you know, then say it. But, you know, to pick and choose which ones, it's hard. And the Confederate side of it, I don't want to be tone deaf. I want to make sure people understand that this is not a tone deaf reaction. It's just simply saying that, you know, we have to look at the context of it a little bit uh, closer, uh, closer, right? Man, I'm having a hard time even pronouncing words today. Yeah, no, you're definitely correct, though. And I'm a little worried about, you know, I've said history is what I studied in college. 
It's what I love. It's probably it's like my second biggest passion after sports. You know, I just got done watching a Ulysses S. Grant documentary that they did, a three-part series that they did on the History Channel. Yep. Fascinating guy. You know, came from nothing, ends up in the White House, dies in poverty. I mean, fascinating guy. And ahead of his time, uh, a slavery abolitionist, you know, maybe they should put a few more statues of him up because it's really, you know, he's not as honored as he should be. Well, yeah. But moving forward, like, we can't erase everything. We cannot, they lived in a different time. We have to understand that. We, you know, we can't just, we can't just eradicate the, the history of anybody that ever did anything wrong, you know, we're just going to ruin our, we're just going to take away our own history. We don't have founding fathers. They're going to change the money next. They're going to change the name of every bridge and tunnel. I don't, I, you know, yeah. I got, a jo I see John Moran talking about wanting to move a Robert E. Lee statue. Robert E. Lee is still a great figure in this country. These people didn't have a choice. Robert E. Lee, I'm not even, he's not a boy scout or anything, but he's from Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. And when that happens, he had to choose a side. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, he's a West Point graduate, defended the country in other wars. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, yeah. That's fine. I mean, I'm, we're probably going to lose this argument. I'm, and, I'm okay. Yeah, with that. but 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 if Robert E. Lee was part of the Union states, it it, it actually would be a, a, a non-issue, a non-starter, and that's what I want people to understand is that, you know, this was not about liberation. Uh, of slaves, you still had powerful white men who owned slaves in Union states. So I'm glad yeah. that we were able to kind of voice that out and switching gears a little bit. Um, I did want to get into a little bit of uh, baseball. What What is going to happen going forward? Because I saw some recent updates and I, I don't know, man, I'm not optimistic about this year. You know, I came on here last week. You know, we we did the we did the the show last week, and I was definitely pro. I was definitely pro player in this thing. I thought, you know, I thought the owners were being like the greedier pig in the, you know, in the, you know, in the in the farm. But honestly, now this week, because Rod Manfred flew to Arizona like to get a deal with Tony Clark, and they dragged their feet again, and I just they're gonna destroy this. They're going to destroy the sport, and by the next generation, the sport is going to be boxing, and it is just so it is so frustrating. I don't understand. Now the players want to drag their feet because they want to get 70 games, but the problem is there's just not time because you're not going to you're not going to finish up the season on Thanksgiving, yeah. you know. And you dick you dicked around and lost six weeks because if they got their shit together, they could have started this crap this week. Yeah, but you messed around too much, and now and now unfortunately. And I'm going to bring this up again when we talk about basketball. There's been a couple of outbreaks in in the sports world where maybe teams are getting second second thoughts about about even starting up. But that wasn't the case before. It was yeah. really it was a hundred percent just about greed, you know. And and just what they're doing to the sport. They want to include so many more playoff teams. You know, they're just diluting the quality of their own game, and you know. Yeah, they just yeah. mess. They mess. They botched up this whole thing. They botched up this whole thing, worse than anybody else. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, it's it's. And the thing is, I saw one of the reports. I, I might have been watching uh, something on network TV where they're talking about next year. 
how this might imp impact next season and negotiations and stuff like that. So what that tells me clearly is that these two sides are at war with each other. And, you know, there's things that are, are beyond reproach. I mean, it, it looks like baseball... <clears throat> You're right, man. You nailed it on the head. It might become like the next boxing. And it's that that that's a scary thought uh, for cool. a sport that I enjoyed um, and admired and, and enjoyed watching. And especially with the Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees. Um, Dan, that's a sad day. A sad day for baseball, man. It's a sad but it's like they don't see it. They don't see I mean, you know, I at least I at least like respect hockey because hockey they, I mean, listen. They're firmly in fourth place. They try to get more fans, but they have a rabid, they have a rabid fan base that that they know they have, and they keep, you know, and you know they don't they don't dick around and just mess with their game, you know, <clears throat> to try to get more fans. Like, no, no, this is our game. This is the way we're going to keep it. They've changed the rules to get more scoring, but it's not like this life altering stuff they're going to yeah, do here. They all this do three bat, this three batter minimum out of the bullpen. That's messing with the foundation of the game. And that rule was done way pan that's not pandemic related, but that's another issue I have. Yeah. And it's just like they so I don't understand how they just couldn't I mean, they needed to do this quicker. They at least just needed to they needed to just take a week and they were just gonna be like, We're just gonna hash this out because we have to get on the field and everybody take, you know. Everybody take a couple of, you know, a couple of nickels less and let's just get this game on the field. Yeah, bro. You know, it, oh, I don't, I don't understand. And like I said last week, they were the only sport that had to, had to basically almost get like a new CBA on the fly. You know, everybody else got to play their sport. You know, football's going to have this, this problem next, but you know, football's got bigger revenues. Yeah. And <clears throat> That we're definitely gonna save that conversation for another episode because uh, football is gonna need a lot of dedicated time uh, to get into that as we get <clears throat> closer to the season. And you know, with basketball, it, it seems like this bubble league is gonna work out. I mean, Adam Silver, uh, you know, a few days ago um, advocated on behalf of the bubble league also on behalf of the players that are questioning whether they should go or not and Adam Silver just again proven that he is the ultimate uh, politician the ultimate diplomat ambassador of the game and just a commissioner that is very uh, ingrained with the players as well and he even went out and said hey listen no player is required to come uh, to the camp if they don't feel like they're safe and it's not going to impact their contractual agreements and arrangements with the teams. And he laid that out very clear um, while also encouraging, hey, listen, you know, we're going to move forward with this in the bubble league. <clears throat> yeah, um, it sounds promising. I'm hoping uh, June 24th is the day that everybody, you know, the players have to decide if we're going to go or not. I believe that's Wednesday. So I'm just yeah. hoping we get to, we get to the 24th, and nobody has like contracted the virus or anything. I think this is just still so sensitive. You just got to take it a day at a time, getting it there, you know. And then every 15 minutes, Kyrie yells out something more ridiculous than the next. Word. And then I just really hope that nobody listens to this guy because that, that he's that he's trying to like kamikaze the whole season. I don't I don't understand. And 
And, you know, the he's not even playing. He's not even going to play. But the thought that if they played, it would take away from the movement, from the issues, from 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 George Floyd. And I, you know, I wasn't I wanted to, like, see what the consensus was. So I saw I was actually watching uh, PTI and I saw Mike Wilbon, an older black gentleman that's lived through, you know, all of this. And yeah. he said, he said, you, you don't, he's like, you don't take the microphone out of your hand. You the, you know, you're on the world stage when you're in that bubble playing those games. He's like, you go, you play and you make your statement there. And I, yeah. you know, and that's just one man's opinion, but I really, I thought that worked. I thought that was, I thought that was spot on. And then I did see that in certain other places, certain other people like Steven Jackson still thought you shouldn't play, but I, I think you, I think. I, I think playing I think playing is yeah is kind of what the country needs right now and then I'm just, in England they're putting black lives matters on the on the on the back of their jerseys yeah you know of course and obviously there will be some sort of some sort of uh tribute in the NBA game so I hope they get this going I hope that uh, yeah. first and foremost we just need to make sure everybody stays healthy because if somebody gets it this week or something that's gonna it's gonna really mess up the whole thing because yeah. there's been a few outbreaks now with some hockey players. The you know, the other part is that listen, eventually, and, and you heard it here, everybody. Eventually, it's gonna be how do we move on with life with knowing that we're gonna get it, and there's gonna be those who say I don't want to take that risk at all, and then there's gonna be others that say listen, I am gonna take that risk, and the government is no longer gonna be able to deny people's access to want to take that risk. And that's that's the part that's kind of missing here. That's a little bit, um, uh, it, it's something that hasn't been talked about. And eventually, yes, there will come a time where we know this virus is out there and your occupation, may you may have that occupational hazard that when you get out, you may get the flu, you may get the coronavirus, you may get something else. But you're, you're going to have to probably sign a waiver that say, listen, if I get infected with this, I'm not going to sue you. Um, and that's what's going to have to happen because we can't live in a society long term where we have to be shut in because we're scared we're going to get sick about with something. It's just not sustainable. So eventually in all sports, it's going to be like, listen, we're going to have to include this in the waiver that if you get sick by something that you're just going to have to um, you know, deal with it. Like you deal with the common cold, like you deal with the flu, like you deal with the coronavirus, like it's just have to going to have to be that way. And if you have older adults in your household and things like that, you're going to have to make that determination, but not the government make that determination for you. No, of course. Exactly. I mean, we, we just can't, you know, and they figured this out in the rest of the world. I mean, they've been playing, they've been playing, in Korea for what it feels like two months now. Now they've started up in England. They started up in Italy. Italy, <clears throat> I mean, Italy was in shambles, and they started up first. I mean, an, an absolute wreck, and now they're playing over there. You yeah. know, I mean, of course, it's just one sport. I think they're just playing soccer over there. Yeah. But we haven't been able to get we haven't been able to get one thing back that isn't MMA or golf or something, and that's really yeah. just with the with the brute force of Dana White that he's like, no, we're fighting. Yeah. Because he knows we can't. We can't just take all this time off. We we can't do it anymore. Yeah. We we have to we have to we have to get out there. Yeah. And uh speaking of time off, uh 
you know, uh, the president has taken time off from his rallies and uh, Donald Trump is getting excited and engaged to get back out there and, you know, uh, use his platform to get himself reelected, obviously. And, you know, one of the things uh, that obviously became very controversial was his uh, rally that he scheduled on June 19th, on Juneteenth in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For so many reasons, it's tone deaf as to why hosted on that day, uh, why even hosted on this weekend period. But with that said, he has the right to get out there. Uh, there's people in his base that want to come out and see him. There was, there was an arena. I forget how many people it hold from what I understand. It was like a hundred thousand people that it holds, but yet he had like a million people inquiring or, or wanting to purchase tickets to see this. Um, so, you know, the audience is there and he's going to come back out with it, with his rally. And, um, one thing I did notice is like this, I went on the website and Trump rallies website is almost like buying tickets to go see a concert, to go see like the Rolling Stones. Like what the, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's got, you know, he's got such a, such a rabid following. You know, Dude. I mean, it wasn't the time. It definitely wasn't the weekend for it. I did think it was a little disingenuous that everybody thought, well, that's not responsible that all those people are going to gather in one area. But Honestly, we've been breaking the rules now. You know, you know, if it's if it's if it's the protests for Mr. Floyd, if it was the ridiculous protests in Michigan and stuff because they just wanted stores open, you know, people have been gathering. If it's the late is if it's the, you know, if if it's people going to the um to the Ozarks on Memorial Day weekend, people just on top of each other. So, you know, we're not going to hide behind the virus now because we don't support the president and we don't just want him to have a rally. Let him have let him have his rally like anybody else. Fine, you know, we're gonna get to November and and see how you know what will happen. You know, it's it's a tough time we're in. I must say, it's just you know, I feel like if Trump if Trump walked out the front door and started giving out free money, that would somehow be turned into a negative story. You know, and I'm not here to I'm not here to convince anybody one way or the other. Yeah, but we just we just have to get more empathetic and a little a little softer. You know. As a country, we do. Um, there's a lot going on that I, I what I do want to shed light to people is this as well, is that what's going on is not a direct uh, representation of Trump. Like Trump is just the figurehead that's there for the moment. There's a reason why presidents change every four to eight years, because this is much deeper and ingrained into our society. We have to address people from local municipalities, state municipalities, and then work our way out to the outer skirts of the branches in government from your Congress people and your senators. But to think that this just all came about because of Trump is short sighted. This thing was happening well before him. And if we don't address it at its core, it's going to happen well beyond him. And that's what people really need to start paying attention to. And don't get distracted with Trump. Please do not get distracted because it's much bigger 
and much greater than just that. And that's the part that I really want people to understand and, and move on from it. Whatever anger you got towards Trump, you know, transition that to something else that's going to be constructive. I promise you, you're going to get more bang for your time and energy. This is a police problem. That was still there. That was there when when President Obama was in the White House. That was there Big when time. President Bush was in the White House. Big time. You know, there has to be like an organization, there's someone that can hold them accountable. That's always been my issues with police because sometimes they, and a lot of times they get to run around and, you know, and not have to be held accountable for their actions. And, you know, yeah. And, I mean, now, and now it's gotten to this very serious level and it's a, you know, it's a little, it's really sad. I just, you know, and there's been another, and there's already been another one. Now we had the gentleman in Atlanta. He was just like sleeping in his car. And I haven't fully looked into what happened in that case yet, but it definitely seemed like it's something that could have been avoidable. Yeah, no, that it, 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 I agree with you. I think that there has to be uh, more due diligence on the uh, policing part. And, you know, we're just talking about a 1% of bad apples that can make things appear to be really really bad especially when you see these things on on your phone you see it on social media you see it throughout uh, major networks all these bad incidents and the majority of police officers out there are doing the right thing they know they are they don't need us to tell them that but it's that one percent that comes out and just ruins it for everyone else we need a system that can hold those accountable so that way the good apples and the majority of hard-working officers who protect and serve the public can have the ability to speak out when they see wrong and currently that's not the case because they're so protected in that that you know stealthy you know um teflon blue line that you know, it makes it hard for even good apples to say, listen, um, I don't think this is right. Let, let's do it this way. Um, it just creates more uh, confusion. It makes it harder uh, for the good apples to just remain strong and, and provide that positive influence. So if there's more accountability, uh, there's going to be more people that are going to be able to come forward when situations are not right. Because how else do you explain when there's four cops and one guy's doing like uh, the wrong thing and the other three have to stay silent? Because the rules are, 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 are just that way. And we, we have to do something about that. You know, so I mean, because they're not, they're not all bad, you know, but yeah. you know, you, you're right though. Cause the, you know, the, you know, the good apples, like you put it, they have to, they're the ones they, they get, they get a first row seat to all this stuff. You know, if they see something, you can't sit there and be quiet about it. Cause that's what leads to all this. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's what leads to all this. And like this, this one was different. This one was different. I see it, you know, I, I, I see the, the way that the, the nation is moving. It's, it's. You know, it's a lot more good than bad, you know, certainly good than bad. And it's moving in the right direction. Certainly. Jose, it's been real, man. This was an exciting episode. I'm glad you got to go on the fan and kick some butt. Uh, you know, 
Juneteenth, we uh, were able to really get into it. And I'm just happy to have you on the show. And I'm happy we're able to do this together. There's more great things to come. Yeah, bro. Thank you so much. You know, you know we had a good time. And uh, I always enjoy talking these topics. Hopefully things turn up better, you know, in the sports world and in and in real life, you know. And we can just keep moving forward. And, you know, maybe the second half of 2020 would be a little better. Excellent, bro. Until next time, everybody. Peace out.